Welcome to No Ordinary Ordinary Women, Women. the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and the batshit crazy. Rose forgot to chime in. (laughs) I was totally thinking about something I forgot. I got that. Don't worry. I got distracted in the first two seconds of the podcast. (laughs) There was a squirrel that went by the window. (laughs) Newsflash, there are no windows. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sorry. I made her a nice stiff drink. She likes things that are nice and stiff. That's right. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Your husband's like. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. After he listens to this. Oh, that's right. He doesn't listen. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he's listening in a while because he hasn't said anything. Usually he tells me how annoyed he is by you. <laughs> he's like, what is Lynn doing? Why is she saying blah, blah, blah? Like, oh, that's just Lynn. That's where all our fans come from. That's what I always say. I it's did, Lynn. What do you expect? I did have uh, – we did get a little, a little like um, – little free advertisement from a fellow podcaster. Oh, yeah. That and that was nice. kind of cool. It was um, – Scream. Scream queer. Scream queer. Oh, my God. Can you do it? Scream Queer Scream Podcast. Scream Queer Podcast. Yeah. And I listen to it. He's pretty funny. Is he? I love his voice. He's a great voice. He, like, definitely sounds like a radio. Is it, like, a sexy voice? Um, It is deep. And he does say, I kind of have a, I have a cold right now. And he's like, and I kind of like the way my voice is sounding. Oh, really? That's <laughs> so the first time I've listened to it, but it was really funny. Yeah, he was very nice. That's funny. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. So, um, yeah, it was good. But thanks for the the shout out. Yeah, that's very sweet. Yeah, it was. We were like, what? 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 Say what? Say what? Oh, and then I had another friend who, oh, this is a funny story. So she lives in Richmond. She used to work with me at State Farm. And she started listening to our podcast recently. And she listens to it when she walks. Well, um, the other day she was picking her daughter up at school and she hates like, all the moms like chit chatting, so she wears earphones, so like earbuds, so like nobody'll talk oh, to her. I would never do that. <laughs> That's exactly how Rose is. Um, so she's like standing there at waiting waiting to pick up her daughter from school and all the moms are talking and she's got her earbuds in and I said something and then it sounded sexual and we both started like laughing and she's like and I was just sitting there listening and I just laughed out loud <laughs> and all the moms turned around and looked at me and she was like, I was like, shit, I hope nobody talks to me. <laughs> don't ask me what I'm doing I, know, I do that at you. work all the time I'll be listening to a podcast and just like just do that like yeah. laugh out loud all of a sudden like uncontrollable and then everybody's like what what's so funny and my coworker calls it listening to blogs because she's old like she oh. jokingly says that <laughs> are you listening to one of those blogs again <laughs> I um yeah when I first started listening to small town murder and I was like in a true office environment. I had cubicles on either side of me. And I would, and our workspace was pretty quiet. Um, but I would laugh so hard and just be roaring, like laughing. And everyone's like, what's so funny? <laughs> people were new. And then the girl next to me was a trainer. And so she would train the new people. Oh, God. And there was a couple of times they said something and then I would laugh really hard. <laughs> And so they thought, thought you were it like was listening. like a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd have to go, just ignore her. She's listening yeah. to a podcast. That's she's, funny. she's got issues. <laughs> <laughs> She'll talk to herself in a minute, too. <laughs> I know. My my boss is always like, how do you listen to podcasts and, and do your work? Like, like, I, can I don't never. do any work, motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I like she does a lot of like the writing and stuff for our it's just the two of us in our um Department. department. I was like, company? What is it called? <laughs> um, department. And so she'll be like, how do you listen to podcasts when you're when you're working? And I, I'm like, well, I don't 
write like she does a lot of the writing and yeah. I do more of the like math numbers stuff yeah. and that's a lot easier. If I have to write something, I have to not oh, yeah. have a podcast on. Yeah, if I'm proofreading or writing. Yeah, right. Yeah. I have but if to I'm just doing numbers, like I can sit there like doing reports and stuff. I can I I, I it's good for me to listen because there's so many people in my office that talk. Like um, residents come in all the time and oh, yeah. talk and stuff. And it's so distracting. And so listening to a podcast in my ear, even if I'm not really listening to it, it kind of I hate something with my brain like helps to like well, that's why, like, when I'm working on my story, I'll put something on TV that I don't, I'm not that interested. Like, I like to watch, but it's not, like, gripping, like, reruns of, like, The Office or Friends. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, stuff like that, because it helps. But um, I was, that's why I work from home, because I can't deal with, the, like, the, the chatter around. I can't do it. I, I, I've turned into, like, the pandemic, I say this a lot, but it changed me. It changed a lot about me and... Like, I'm a very social person, and I would love being in the office and chit-chatting and seeing everybody every day yeah. and this and that. It's like pulling teeth to get me to go in the office now. I hate it. I, I hate I it. I can totally see how that would happen. But it's like it's so not who you would – Right, you yeah. Me, you, you wouldn't think yeah, I was like that. Right. And, like, when the pandemic first started, I had a really hard time not seeing people and – Yeah, but, you did. Now you're I'm a hermit. Like, I don't want to come in that damn office. You guys can have it. That's so funny because that's, like – one thing that's really hard for, and has always been hard for me at work is that I talk to my coworkers. Like, every time I have a boss, they're like, can you sit down at your fucking desk? Because <laughs> I get so, like, I do do something and then I'm like, okay, like, I got to get up and move. I swear I have ADD. Like, I have oh, yeah. to get up I mean, and, like, walk around. But it helps you, or, like, cleanses your, Yeah, like, right. And then I'm like, okay, talk to somebody for a little whatever. while and then go back and work a little while. But, yeah, I can't sit there. Like, my boss can literally sit at her desk for eight hours. Like, she won't even eat lunch. She'll just sit there and work the whole time. And I'm like, how do you do that? My oh, brain yeah. cannot do that. I do. I mean, I can. Because I'm doing I, oh, I'm doing so many different things right now in my job than I used to. I mean, like, I have so many different things. If I just get to a point where I'm, like, frustrated, I just put it down and go to another thing. Yeah. And so I can shift gears. But the only time but I, I get up. I can't even do that. Like, even if I get frustrated with something, it's like. I have to get up and leave my desk. Uh, see, I, and I, I think it's maybe become a habit. I get up and I stay at my desk all day. I get up and I go to the bathroom. I get up and I get my breakfast and lunch. And I take Penelope on two, like, 15-minute walks. That's crazy. I could never do that. And that's all I do. And then I don't leave my desk. Yeah. And then when I'm writing my story, a lot of times, if I'm really having a hard time focusing, I'll stay at my desk after I finish work and work on my story. And that's really tough when I'm at my desk and it's still and it's eight o'clock and I'm still at my desk Fuck it that. makes me no I get very antsy so I'm gonna start my story I, I say just, tonight but I won't I'm lying because I just work bourbon. my um I just work <laughs> when I work from home I just have my laptop on my lap the whole time I'm sitting in the recliner yeah I mean well, I don't I, watch tv or anything I just like sit outside I really don't. <laughs> I do. I rarely watch TV when I'm alone. So I can't see. I deal with a lot of, like, spreadsheets and stuff, and I have a really hard time seeing the spreadsheets on my laptop. I need the bigger because yeah. I have two monitors at my desk Well, if I, my if I worked from home all the time, I would need, because I have two monitors at yeah. work, I would need two monitors. But just, like, if I'm work, planning to work from home, I have something, like, I'll edit our work podcast yeah. or something that is good on one screen, you know? Right, right, if I'm, yeah. Like doing reports and stuff, then I need two screens. Yeah, that's yeah. Me with two, me, me with two, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> so the cocktail of the week. Oh, that's a good song. I like that. I'll do that from now on. Oh, yeah. Cocktail of the week. 
Oh, God. I'm going to cut it every week. Is it a Kentucky mule? No, that's a cow. Wait, mules go. Isn't that a donkey? Yeah, they're pretty much the same thing as a mule. Is it? Pretty sure. Eh, I thought a mule was just like a little cow. I mean, a little horse. No, a mule is a... I think a mule is a cross between a donkey and a horse. Is it? I don't know. Like they had Hold sex? They yeah. had a little... But, hang on. Mule. Mule the animal. A mule is a domestic equine hybrid between a donkey and a horse. I was right. Oh, wow. It is the offspring of a male donkey and a female horse. And then, so a donkey is... Donkeys are, yeah, donkeys look, as a domesticated equine, it derives from the African wild ass. Who's got a wild ass? Rose has got a wild ass. <laughs> All right, so you know what a mule is and about the Louisiana Purchase. I do. <laughs> Those are the two Those things. Are two things. And why can't I find a date? <laughs> You're too smart, Lynn. You're just too smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so yes. Oh my god, this drink's going straight to my head. I know. We've Rose and I have had a, a rough couple of weeks. We've been trying to improve our eating habits and lessen our drinking habits. And we've done a really good job. I mean, I went the whole week without I've done drinking an amazing anything. job at eating well and not drinking. Yeah, I mean, I the only thing like Saturday cuz I had a work party on Friday and the food was so good, but it was tiny little God, I hate little that. tiny hors d'oeuvres and they were good, but the crab cakes were like the size of a quarter and like maybe the height of like two quarters. <laughs> they were so good, but they were so small and I was like, okay, I've eaten I don't know, 15 of these now, and I'm still, like, hungry. Like, I was drinking wine, and I could feel it, like, hitting my stomach. Oh, God. And I don't mind if the first class feels that way. It's kind of nice because you get a little, like, a little teeny buzz. A little buzz. And you feel better. Yeah. But it was not helping, and I still felt like my stomach was empty when we left. I was, like, starving. And that next day, I should have absolutely, like, stopped and gotten a Big Mac or something, even though I didn't go by McDonald's. But I should have gotten something to eat because that next day I woke up and I thought I was – I felt like shit Did the entire you? day. I stayed in my pajamas. I laid on the couch Ugh. and I watched TV all day. I felt like shit. Total shit. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was Saturday? Yeah. I did nothing. Yeah. That was when um, everybody in my house had the stomach bug. Mm. And Lynn's in her PJs relaxing all day while I'm cleaning up puke and, you know. <laughs> and then I – and then I, um, so that day, because I didn't really have a bunch of meal prep done, and I was like, I need something. So I had two frozen pizzas in the fr- freezer, and I ate both of them. I ate one for breakfast, like and a one, big, and big one, one for lunch, and one for dinner. Like a little one. No, yeah, they were they were small. They okay. were like, I'm sure each one was four servings, which is bullshit, but I ate the whole thing, <laughs> both times. Like a Tostino's or whatever? Yeah, like about that size. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's oh, a single yeah. serving. Don't tell me give that fucking four I know. Servings. We usually split it in our house, but I could definitely polish one off oh, easily. So Especially one was, if I'm hungover. One, one, so I got it on my Buy Nothing group. Somebody, they were vegan, like with vegan cheese and everything. So somebody was getting rid of them in their freezer. Yeah. She's like, I don't eat these. And so it, one was like a round pizza and one was like an oval, like flatbread kind of thing. And they were both delicious. And they were exactly what the doctor order because I was needing something yeah, like something bad and, yeah. yeah so that's what I ate all day Saturday so that Saturday was not a good day for me <laughs> as far as calories go but and Friday I mean I had hardly had I mean those 
I danced for like two hours. So the appetizers, I, I had to burn off at least the appetizers. Yeah. So, yeah. How many glasses of wine did you have? 42? No, 40, uh, 39. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had probably four, five, so a little more than a bottle. Whew. I had two well, glasses of Prosecco and three glasses of red wine. Whew, that's a lot. But they were pouring like a regular, they weren't pouring big glasses. They were pouring like oh, a regular like a, glass. Yeah, yeah. And not, they were pouring a Linden glass. Right, yeah. So, so you'd usually drink like two of those at home, but yeah. really it's like right. so five it was like, of those. So it's like I drank probably about a bottle of yeah. wine. And, but with not having a lot of food in my belly, it was not good for Lynn. Yeah. I was like, God, I don't like this. I don't miss this shit at all being hungover. No. I'm never hungover. Oh, God, I would die. Last time I was hungover was on my birthday last year. <laughs> <laughs> you threw up everywhere. And I still haven't um, had any martinis since then. Mm. <laughs> I still can't even think about it. God, I love a martini. Ugh. Ugh. I'm going to probably go have one tomorrow. All right. So I think, Rose. I think you're going to like this Rose. one. Rose. What? We forgot to introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You don't know how relieved I was that you didn't do that at the beginning. I was like, okay, she, she forgot. She's not going to do it. We're supposed to introduce ourselves. Well, if you don't know us by now, then just does learn really, to love us. Does it really matter? You know how long when I started listening to um, LGTC, how long it took me to figure out who was who? Oh, really? I'm talking like six months. What? They don't sound <laughs> anything alike. They don't sound anything alike. They did to me when I first started listening oh to them. Oh, my God. That's so weird. You're a weirdo. I know. Well, and, you know, when I listen to things, I like half listen. And, and they say their names at the beginning. You'd think I'd be able to, like, yeah, figure it I, out. but. That's that's my problem is when I'm listening to a podcast and I'm working a lot of times, I have to stop it. And I'm like, shit, I don't remember anything I listen to because I'll hear something at the end that's kind of like, oh, what? And then I'm like, wait, I totally missed. Who's that person? I have to go back and listen again. Yeah. So if you want to know what we look like, I'm blonde. And I'm gray. <laughs> and Lynn's gray with I'm, the big boobs. I'm, I got the boobies. I got the boobages. But I'm, you can I'm, look at our website. I'm gracefully growing, grow, going gray. Because you know what? You're not going gray. You're gray, girl. Is it all? I feel like it's not totally gray. Yes, it is. (gasps) What color do you think it is? It's like black and gray. Black and gray. Black and gray. Black black and gray. gray. Huh? Absolutely is not black and gray. Okay. We'll leave it up to our listeners. Respond and let us know what you think. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they're going to be. Respond. Respond and let us know that Rose is a liar. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to respond and be like, Lynn is definitely gray. I am gray. But, you know, I really did go through like a little... I, I let it go during the pandemic and let it grow out because I yeah. was coloring it. And now it's like, am I going to go back? Yeah, no. it's a lot of work. And I did go through, remember, about a month ago, I was like, right before Christmas, I was like, I think I'm going to diet again. You're like, are you? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, I don't want to do that. What am I kidding? No. That's so much work. Did you diet yourself? I have dyed it myself, but it definitely doesn't come out as nice. Yeah. Because it's like one color when you dye it yourself. Like when your hairdresser right, does it, yeah. you have like light, high highlights yeah, and yeah, low lights yeah. and stuff. But when I do it myself, it was like just dark brown. It just didn't look good. And you can tell when somebody does their own hair because it's like one color. It's yeah. just not. I'm never going to go gray. I'll be 99. I know. I said the same hair. thing. I was going to fight it all the way. But during the pandemic, I think, again, you it just let me. yourself go. During I the let pandemic. myself go. Look at you. I let my boobs hang low. I let them waddle to and fro. <laughs> I can tie them in a knot. I can tie those motherfuckers in a bow. I'm just kidding. You're beautiful. I am beautiful. No matter what you look like. Isn't she lovely? No matter what color your hair is. So goddamn beautiful. I don't know if that's the words, but. All right, you done? No. 
I need another drink. <laughs> I know. We've already had our drink. Okay. Okay. Go, Rose. Ready, set, go. Who are you telling us about, Rose? Who? Wait, hold who? on, hold who? on, hold who? on, hold who? on. Who? Who? So this is going to be, it's a little short. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, she said it's a little small. Um, that is not so But I started writing, like I, I found the story and really was into it. And then I started writing it. And then I couldn't find more information than was. I hate that. Like. More information on her, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it was kind of frustrating, but I definitely had um, than the this event, but um, yeah, so it's it's a little short, but but I think it's interesting. Okay, I think you're gonna. Think we'll be the judge of that, Rose. <laughs> we'll be the judge of that, won't we, fans? We'll tell Rose exactly what we think. I did that with one of our with the first one I was gonna do about this woman was the first woman who was a tattoo artist. And she was really cool. I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And I found, like, two stories on it. I know. Don't you hate that? And I was like, I can't. And it's, like, the same thing. Yeah. That's was... how this one was. And it, But it, I felt like there, like, I got far enough that I felt like there was enough information to do a story, but it's going to be a short story. A so. short story. Those are things. Short yeah. stories. Then I was like, maybe I should do two stories. And then I was like, fuck that. I'm not writing two stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is a... This is a No Ordinary Women Express. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I finished this one at like, you know, 9 o'clock last night. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. In May of 1973. Stop faking it. <laughs> Everyone knows you're a bitch. You're not nice. Stop talking like you're nice, Karen. So in May of 1973, after hiking, I don't know how to say this. I should have looked it up. Mana Slu. M a n a s l u. It's a. It's a. It's a. <laughs> you, need, you need to put a little coin on top of it's your. A, it's a. It's a. It's a mountain. Um, the Monaslu. 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 You know, when I'm writing the story, I can say the word fine. <laughs> like it doesn't look hard at all to Who me. Who are you telling? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the pronunciation. And as please. soon as I get in here, I'm like, I forget how to read. I uh, yeah. Um, so the eighth highest mountain in the world at 26,781 feet above sea level. Just like my boobs. <laughs> are, are they that high above sea level? Above sea level, yes. <laughs> Located in Kathmandu, Hanalora, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong multiple times because it's spelled H-A-N-N-E-L-O-R-E, like Hanalore, but it's Hanalora. Hanalora. Yeah. I'll correct you. Don't worry. Okay, yeah, I'm sure you'll remember. Hannah <laughs> <laughs> Laura Schmatz and her husband Ger- Gerhard. Gerhard. Again, want to say Gerard, but it's Gerhard. <laughs> so is it? So that name is spelled the same, but pronounced either Gerhard or Gerard. Yeah, it's spelled the same way well, depending on where it's oh, originated. Okay. This is German, so it's Gerhard. 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 I think it's Gerhard. Hart. Gerhard. Why would it be Hart? It's a D. Hard. Gerhard. Yeah. All right. Gerhard Schmatz immediately felt Gerhard. like they got a new challenge. <laughs> I'm such a bitch. Sorry. So they decided to climb the highest mountain on earth, which is the Mauna Lua. Slah, blah, 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 blah. Wrong. The Mona Slaya. <laughs> You're thinking of Mauna Kea. No, I was thinking about the one that you just talked about, Mona Slaya. No, they just... Did you listen to what I said? No. because no, you're too busy interrupting me. I am. <laughs> I'm going to ask your mom to help you <laughs> stop interrupting me. Okay, I stop. <laughs> okay. So they had climbed Ma- Mauna Slu 
And then they decided that they wanted to climb the highest okay. mountain in the world, which is the uh, that one in India. No, it's Mount Everest. Oh, where is that? Do you know what Mount Everest is? Have you ever heard of it's it? It's a mountain. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Yeah, I know what it is. It's the highest mountain. It's the tallest mountain on earth. Where is it? In uh, Nepal. Okay. I couldn't remember where it was. That's all. So in order to climb Everest, you have to apply for a hiking permit and pay a shitload of money. Really? Most people pay between thirty to $60,000, but it can go all the way up to like $500,000. Oh, my God. Because you have – there are so many like hoops to jump through. You have to um, – Well, you have to pay for a um, – Here. I, well, I'm going to read okay, some of the okay, requirements. Yeah. Because okay. – so I got really into this because – because you want to do it? I no. do not want to do it. <laughs> it sounds that is something. It's like, awful. No, nope, never want to do it. You <laughs> do not have any desire. Yeah. But it, it's something I never thought of. Like, all these people climb Everest all the time. It's, like, the biggest challenge, you yeah. know, for a yeah, hiker. Yeah. And I didn't realize that you had to, like, get a permit. I didn't realize you couldn't just go there. and. But it's, like, a whole fucking thing. Well, I so not to totally interrupt you, but I'm going to. But that's how it is in the Grand Canyon. To ride the river, you have to have a permit now. Oh, it wasn't that way okay. before. Yeah, you have to have a permit, and it takes years to get a permit. Yeah, and that's how this is. Yeah, and then yeah. once, you, and then then you can sign up for a last minute permit. So like, if somebody cancels, they'll offer it to you, and okay. you have to last yeah. minute do it. But yeah, it's Which very it would expensive. Be and you have to, yeah. So, so these are some of the requirements to get a permit to climb Everest. The government of Nepal ruled that all climbers seeking to climb Mount Everest must have previously climbed a Nepalese mountain with a height of. 21,325 feet or higher before getting a permit. So they have to have some, some really good experience. experience yeah. Right. Well, that makes sense. That's fair. Um, climbers must submit documentation certifying that they are in good health and phys- physical fitness as determined by a medical professional. Yeah, they don't want a bunch of, like, unhealthy people trying to get up there yeah. and dying. So they also need to undergo a basic training session for good mountaineering practices and high-altitude climbing techniques. Neat. Nepal requires that all climbers purchase rescue insurance, which is a special type of travel insurance that covers emergency rescue and evacuation from the mountain in the event that you get injured or fall. What's interesting is when you said it was really expensive, I'm like, it probably, they probably charge what it costs to get a dead body off the mountain. So, and that's what you pay. Right. <laughs> that's what so I was it is, it's about $70,000 to get a, oh dead, a dead body off the mountain. Um, and it's very dangerous. I mean, it's a very dangerous thing. Well, hell yeah, because where does the la- where's the helicopter land? I feel like it's a helicopter thing. You can't you can't take a helicopter up there. You have to hike up there. Somebody has to hike up there and get the body. Oh no! So you, I'll talk more. I'll talk more okay. about that. Yeah. So Nepal well, also definitely not a job I'd like. I really like my job right now, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you can like stay in your house, yeah. go to your your guest room and do all your Hell work. Hell no, <laughs> I am not doing that. Nepal also imposes a requirement whereby all foreign climbers must hire a local Sherpa guide for their expedition. Yeah, I've heard that. So this is in part due to the economic development of the native Sherpas. Nepal relies heavily on permit fees for its revenue. This policy ensures that a greater quantity of Sherpas also receive job opportunities and income to build their own futures and secure a quality standard of life for their families. At the lowest cost, hiring a Sherpa guide will run about $4,000. Sherpas also help 
curb the possible mishaps that come with having inexperienced climbers on the mountains. So the that's the lowest cost. But I, I read a website that was like, you know, are you planning to hike Everest kind of thing? And it goes point by point of all these different things of like everything you need to think about. Uh-huh. And um, he talks about the Sherpas and he's like, not something you want to go cheap on. You want to hire, you want like word of mouth, who's the best Sherpa. Yeah. You have to find them because that's a fucking tough job, you know? I can't even imagine. I and can't even imagine. So you have to find someone who's, you You want somebody young enough that they're able to do it, but you yeah. want someone who's had enough experience right. that they know what the fuck they're doing. I can't even <laughs> you know? imagine. I can't, I can't even imagine, like... I can't imagine being a Sherpa. I mean, those, I mean, I've seen them. I've seen them in documentaries and stuff, the Sherpas, and I think they're like amazing, but I can't imagine doing that. Oh, no. Oh, my God. People, Americans especially, probably piss them off so much. This website that I was reading, the way he was talking about Sherpas made it sound very much like, like he almost wasn't talking about them like they were humans. It was like they were a piece of property or something. I don't know. It was very weird. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. No. Sadly. Yeah. So if you want a good Sherpa, it can run, like, tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, my goodness. So Sherpas inhabit the Kumba Valley, the national park surrounding Everest. Living at altitude for generations, they have developed a genetic natural allowance for it. So they're able to hike, and it's not a problem for them because they've lived at high altitudes for so long. To enhance their ability to acclimate to high altitudes, Hannah Laura and Gerhard climbed a different mountain each year, gradually increasing the elevation. Over the years, their climbs became more ambitious, culminating in a successful ascent of Latse, the fourth highest mountain, in June of 1977. That was when they received the long-awaited approval for their Mount Everest expedition. Wow. So it took a long time. It was 1973 that they... They applied, and it was 1977, and it'll be 1979 before they actually go. That's crazy. Yeah. So some facts about Everest that I thought were interesting. So One, Everest, it's a mountain. Is a mountain <laughs> in Nepal. <laughs> so it's 8,848 8, meters tall, just below the cruising height of a jumbo jet. Can you be, be, imagine being up that high? Just below the it's over 60 million years old. Wow. Mount Everest grows approximately 44 mil, millimeters every year. It grows? Yeah. How is that? I mean, I think all... Is there like erosion yeah. at the base of it? Like pushing, making it... But you would think if it was erosion, it's it would... It's not growing. It's probably it would... the erosion around it is... It can't grow up. Like yeah, it's growing. T- I don't believe that. I don't know what's growing. I feel like the, I can't believe it grows. Like I don't think I don't it grows up. I think the ground around it is. No, it says it grows forty-four milliliter, millimeters, which isn't a lot. No, but I. Okay. All right. Somebody needs to stop giving it plant food or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mount Everest isn't actually the tallest mountain on the planet. You know what it is? No. Mount Kea in Hawaii. Oh, really? It's a massive 10,200 meters tall, but the majority of it is below sea level. Mount Everest is the tallest above sea level. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We are pronouncing Mount Everest incorrectly. Oh, no. So it was first recognized by the Western world in 1841 by Sir George Everest 
and was called Peak 15. The name Mount Everest was then introduced in 1865 in honor of Sir George Everest and therefore should be pronounced Everest, not Everest. Everest. Mount Everest. As per the pronunciation of the British surveyor's surname. Interesting. Which is funny because the Nepalese actually had a name for it, which was Sagar... Sagar Matha. I'm positive I'm pronouncing that wrong, which meant goddess of the sky. Oh, that's... Uh, I'm just kidding. And I'm no like... <laughs> so we like chose to name it after this white... Man. Man, of course, instead of like their... You know, it's their mountain. <laughs> oh my god! Why am I? Su- why am I not? Surprised? I know. I'm surprised they haven't renamed Mount Akea. Yeah, that's true. Edmund Hillary. So Edmund Hillary was supposed to be is known as like the first person to summit Mount Everest. Okay. But um, in 1924, uh, George Mallory and Andrew Irvine attempted to summit Mount Everest and died. Oh jeez. On July 8th. <gasps> That's Lily's birthday. Charlotte's birthday. Or Charlotte's birthday. I was like, is that your birthday or Charlotte's, no, birthday? Charlotte's birthday? I can never keep those two straight. Um, and I'll talk more about George Mallory later, and I'll have you look something up on your phone because it's okay. crazy. The temperature on the mountain never goes above freezing point, so it's always freezing there. Uh, like Mount, at, at what point? <clears throat> Mount got... Everest averages um, – oh, shit. Hold on. I got to do this in – Fahrenheit, because I did it in calculus. Oh, I mean calculus. I'm trying to figure out. Um, so, like, I know that like the base, the base camp that you start at when you hike it is like halfway up the mountain or a part of the way up the mountain. You don't start at the bottom. Yeah, so I'll talk about that too. And um, so where is it? Thirty-two degrees at the top, or at the base camp? So Mount Everest averages negative two, two degrees in summer and negative. 32 in Fahrenheit, in, in winter. That's Fahrenheit. Oh, no. Mm-mm. No, I just... just so it's always yeah. extremely cold. No, thanks. I'm okay. Thanks. I'm good. A dead body called Green Boots indicates how close you are to the summit. And that was an Indian climber who died in 1996. A dead body? So there are tons of dead bodies, like over 200 dead bodies on Everest. Because it's so hard to get them down that they just they have to stay there. Oh no! Yeah, Mm-mm. no. What do you step over their head? What, they what? they use them as markers for for to know where they are, like on the mountain. Like so and so died here, and that's her body because of you know she has green boots on. No thanks. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. <laughs> it takes approximately thirty nine to forty days to summit Everest. The fastest Everest summit was recorded in just 10 hours and 56 minutes. Were they running? It was a Sherpa, of course. Oh, my God. 10 hours. Insane. So, Hannah Lohr, recognized by her husband as a genius in sourcing and transporting expedition material, took charge of the technical and logistical preparations for their Everest site. In the night of, I mean, of course, because... Yeah. Like the man's going to plan the whole fucking thing? Like, like who's going to pack for the trip? Come on, let's be honest. And, you know, of course, he gets all, like, later on in the story, it's like she's recognized as Gerhard's wife. Oh, for the love of Pete. And I'm like, she basically planned the whole fucking thing. But he was he was the leader on the, on the, on the trip, so, yeah. Whatever. I know. So in the 1970s. Blah, 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 blah. 
<laughs> acquiring suitable climbing gear in Kathmandu was really challenging, and all the equipment needed for their three-month Everest expedition had to be shipped from Europe to Kathmandu. Hanalora got a warehouse in Nepal to store their equipment, which collectively weighed ser- several tons. Beyond organizing their gear, they also had the task of assembling an expedition team. Alongside Hanalora and Gerhard, six other seasoned high-altitude climbers joined them for the Everest adventure. So on their team was New Zealander Nick Banks, Swiss climber Hans von Kanau, American mountaineer Ray Gennett, who had done other expeditions with her and her husband, oh, that's cool. and fellow German climbers Tillman Fischbeck, Gunter Feitz, and Hermann Rat. Worth. Hannah Laura was the only woman in the group. I'm sure everyone assumed she was going to do all the cooking, too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. We hate them. <laughs> so it was very interesting because when... So Chris and I are talking about hiking the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. And when you're hiking, you really want the lightest bag possible. Oh, yeah. So one of my residents hiked it. We're going to be sec- do, do it. We're going to section hike. And so he section hiked and did over 13 years with his brother. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. And he, um, they finished like 10 years ago or something. But he said they started out with like a 25 pound pack and, and ended, or I think it was more than that. I think it was like 40 pounds or something and ended, um, with 12 pound packs because, um, equipment had gotten so light and so much better, and they got really smart. You know yeah, what I mean? They knew yeah. what they needed to pack, and they knew, right. like, how much weight it Blood is. trial and error. And so, like, I'm in all these Facebook groups for the AT, and everybody's like, okay, this is 3.2 ounces. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, you really yeah. want to be careful about what you're what you're putting on your pack. Right, yeah. Caitlin, Kate, when I was looking for a backpack when we were in Germany, yeah. because there was a lot of times we were going to be, like, going from country to country, um, and we didn't couldn't drop off our luggage, so I was carrying, and I had a suitcase that didn't right, roll. yeah. And so I ended up buying a backpack, and it's like a, and I'm like, so what? What is this? She goes, okay, that's a forty liter backpack or whatever. And I'm like, what? What does yeah. that mean? And so she helped me, and she's like, well, this one's a nicer one. It's lighter, but you can fit more in this one. It's a teeny bit heavier. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing any like, you know, cross country trip with it. I'm just doing <laughs> yeah, right. Airport, you know, like so, yeah. yeah. Is there, she knew all, like, those specs of the, that stuff. Yeah, was, exactly. So they have – their equipment is tons. It's tons. And they have to have oxygen. Yeah. And so I I didn't look into That's this, but heavy. I assume there's, like, meal – I think there are meal – no, I did look into it. There are meals that go up with them. So they, they carry their, yeah, their stuff. Yeah, they have, like, pack meals. So but by July of 1979, all preparations were complete, and the group of eight – accompanied by five Sherpas, embarked on their trek. As they ascended, reaching an altitude of approximately 24,606 feet, they encountered a level known as the yellow band during the climb. So this is um, this is just a, like a part in the mountain that's it's kind of dangerous, but um, it's known as the yellow band. It's 27,500 feet up. And you can really, like, on the north face of the mountain, you can really see this yellow blend. Like, I guess it looks yellow. Oh, okay. So they made it up there. They proceeded to traverse the Geneva Spur to reach the camp at the South Coal, a sharp-edged ridge located to the lowest point, located at the lowest point between 
Latse and Everest. So Latse was the other mountain they had climbed. Okay. Standing at an altitude of 26,200 feet above ground. On September 24, 1979, the group opted to establish their final high camp at the South Coal. I think I'm saying that wrong. It's C-O-L. So when a blizzard comes through and forces the entire camp to descend back to Camp 3 base. Oh, no. And for several days. So they stay there for for a few days, and then they get back up to the South Call point. This time, they decided to divide into two large groups. So Hannah Laura and her husband separated. She went with a group of climbers and two Sherpas, while the rest of them went with her husband. So Gerhard's group climbed back up to South Call, arriving after three days, and they set up camp for the night. South Call marked a critical point for the group as they had been navigating the challenging mountain terrain in groups of three, signaling the beginning of the final phase of their ascent toward the peak of Everest. So that's like the last stopping Stop point before, before you, you get to the okay. summit. So Hanalora's group was still making their way up to South Call when Gerhard's group started their ascent to the summit on the morning of October 1st, 1979. Okay, so she was like... So they were behind... She was like a whole like section behind. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So she, yeah, she's she's hiking to one section, and he's already hiking onto the next section. That section. Yeah. Okay. So Gerhard's group successfully reaches the summit of Mount Everest around two p.m. that how, day. How deflating for her not to reach it with with her husband. Well, and I also think that's really weird. Like, I guess I I'm not like we don't know the terrain and stuff right. and how well, it we works. We also don't but, know the logistics of what was going on with their yeah, group. But. but it's weird. Like, why would you separate? Mm. Like, I guess maybe people wanted, some people wanted to, like, rest a little longer. I don't know. I don't know why they separated. Seems weird, but obviously... She was probably like, I'll stay back. You guys go ahead, because she's a woman and she's agreeable. But what would be the point of that? Like, it's not like having more people hiking is going to be a bad thing, right? I don't know. Maybe somebody... Maybe it like, takes longer. More, maybe somebody needed more rest yeah, in maybe. the group than the rest of them or something. So, Gerhard, when he reached the summit, he became the oldest person at 50 years old to summit the world's highest peak. Wow. Yeah. So, he realized that when he got to the top, he ri- realized that the conditions were super hazardous. Mm-hmm. And he later said... He has a website later on not in 1979 but and he said due to the steepness and the poor snow conditions the kicks break out again and again the snow is too soft for reasonably reliable footholds and too deep to find ice for the crampons the fatal nature of this situation becomes evident considering that this place is arguably one of the most dizzying in the world so the conditions were like super treacherous. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like you probably can't. Like the snow is probably could you couldn't see in front of your face. Yeah, right. Like, and then your footing was like. And then you're like, but it, this is something you've been planning for for years. Yeah. And you're like I don't want to stop. And imagine they're probably hiking in like a foot of snow. I I can't imagine. I don't know how much snow there is, but there must oh be a ton God. of snow. Yeah, there's nobody plowing it for right. them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so they get up to the summit and they immediately decide to come back down like they you know take their pictures or whatever yeah. and then they're like let's go <laughs> so um they face the same difficulty coming down as they did going up I it bet. was yeah. equally as hard by 7 p.m they returned to south coal camp call or whatever camp meanwhile Hanalora's group arrived at the same time to south coal camp as gerard gerhard arrived back there so they arrived at the same camp at the same time so she was two camps behind him not no one. she was one 
So he, I, I guess maybe it took longer to get there. I don't know. But they arrived at the same at the same time. I'm confused. Why? Wait, so he went up to the summit yeah. and she was behind. Yeah. By like one One phase. camp, yeah. Yeah. And so he went up to the top and then came back down, but she never went to the so top. So I think, I think from where she was, the camp she was at, to the South Call camp was longer than South Call to the to the summit. Okay. Like, I think that was a shorter distance. So he could go up and come back, you know, okay. within hours. Okay. Whereas she took a longer time to get to the camp. Okay. So they, they ended up getting there at the same time. So Does she never sense? made it to the summit at that point? I'm not at, this not point. at that point. She okay. did not. Okay. Yeah. She just made it to the camp he's at okay. right before the summit. So Gerhard and his group told her group that it was really, really bad. Like, he's like, I, I wouldn't do it. It's it's really treacherous. It's really dangerous. But she was like, fuck off. I know. I would have been the I'm same get, way. I'm going to the summit. I've just <laughs> climbed for, I mean, they've been out there for how long already? I've been planning this for five years. Thank you very <laughs> yeah. much. I'm doing it. Yeah. And they've been climbing for months at this point, mm. a month and a half or something at this point. Like, you're not going to not go to the summit. No, I would have been the same way. I would have been like, no. I'm so at 5 a.m. the next morning, her group starts hiking toward the summit while his heart, his group starts descending back to the to Camp 3. So the one that she just came from. And the weather was increasingly getting worse as at this point. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. So finally, around 6 p.m., he got the news that via his walkie talkie that they had successfully made it to the summit. Oh, that's exciting. Making Hanalora the fourth woman mountaineer in the world to successfully climb to the top of Mount Everest. Oh, good for her. But on her way down, it was extremely dangerous. I can't even imagine. If it's like a foot of snow, you're slipping, you're like no traction. Right. You're... Yeah. It, and you're on a fucking mountain. Yeah, <laughs> and and like, your, yeah. your oxygen levels, because they're so high. Yeah, that's true. Your oxygen's all fucked up. You're yeah. exhausted. And you're probably like dizzy and all right. that weird stuff too, yeah. So... um According to surviving group members, both Hannah Laura and the American climber Ray Gannett, known for their strength, became too exhausted to continue. Mm-hmm. They wanted to stop and rest and set up a bi- bivo- bivouac camp, which is a temporary camp without tent or covers. So they just wanted to basically rest for yeah. a while before resuming. The two Sherpas w- who were with them told them that that's not a good idea. We're in the death zone, which is like the most treacherous place where you're not supposed to stop at all. Oh. You're supposed to just hike through it because it's... You probably just like, I wonder if you just like fall asleep and die or something well, like that. So it, yeah, it's incredibly hazardous. So they're like, don't do it, don't do it. So Ray reached his ba- breaking point. He's like, I can't go on. I'm going to, I have to stay here and rest. And so he dies immediately oh, from God. hypothermia. So she's devastated, but they have to keep going. So she and the Sherpas continue going down, um, but she started to deteriorate like quickly. And she's like, so she sits down and they're like, don't, don't do that. You, we need to keep going. We need to keep going. She sits down. You get like, you get like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, like almost like a dementia or something. So, don't you? right. We know that from watching alone because yeah. on alone you get like from not eating yeah. and, and from being in these like extreme conditions, you get like your mind isn't right. Yeah. You start getting like, like, a, it's almost like dementia. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so she sits down. She says, can I have some water? And she dies. 
Oh, my God. And so she's sitting in a position. So imagine you're sitting, like your knees are up, but your le- your feet are like Why down. Your knees are up. Why did her husband leave her? And mm. you're like leaning back. She's like leaning back on her backpack and she dies. You can, so look up a picture. No. Look up, it's H-A-N-N-E-L-O-R-E. Oh, no. And her name will come up. And go to images and you'll see her body. H-A-N-N-E. L-O-R-E. L-O-R-E. Oh, God. You see her body? Well, that was a weird one. Hold on. Let me go back. So when I first clicked on it, it said, it was like this, right? The little eyeball oh, yeah. that says So that on one it. right next to it is her body. This one? Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Like, you can tell she just sat down and, like, leaned on her backpack and she just died and froze to that, froze like that immediately. Oh, my Lanta. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So following her death, one of the Sherpas... St- I go on a bar crawl and that's about as far as I go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Hike a mountain, pub crawl. Pub crawl's more like yeah. my thing, yeah. So after her death, one of the Sherpas stayed with her uh-huh. because I think he was hoping that they would, like, get her body, like, take her body down or something. Yeah. And I'm sure you get, like, you get attached to people. You're with them yeah, I mean, you're, for yeah, three like months. Yeah, up close and personal right, for yeah. sure, yeah. Um, and so he lost a finger and some of his toes due to oh, frostbite. God. Hannah Laura became the first woman and first German ever to die on Everest. In the aftermath of her tragic death on Mount Everest at the age of 39, her husband was 11 years older than her, her husband Gerhard expressed, nevertheless, the team came home, but I alone without my beloved, my beloved Hannah Laura. Oh, my God. Like, I don't understand why he left her. Well, I think I think in probably in like the climbing world, that's normal. Like you split up. I understand, like, so somebody in the group was, like, walking slower and taking more time, and so they ended up dividing up. Right. And I get that. And so she was like, I'll hang back with them, because she's a woman, so she's being nice and trying not to make anyone feel bad about what's going on. But because it took them so long, it deteriorated her body, deteriorated her body faster. But he couldn't just, like, stop, like, he couldn't stay at that camp for, like, days on end, because it's dangerous. Like, you have to keep moving. You know what I mean? I can't even. That's so I, I don't think he really had a choice. I do find it weird that they split up, but I don't know. I don't know what the reason was, and I don't know if that's that may be normal, you know? So Hannah Laura's lifeless body remained at the very spot where she took her last breath, gruesomely mummified by the extreme cold and snow, positioned along the path, frequented by numerous Everest climbers. Oh, no. Her death become, became infamous among climbers due to the condition of her frozen body visible am- along the mountain's southern route. Clad in her climbing gear and clothing, her eyes remained open and her hair fluttered in the wind. Fellow climbers began referring to her peacefully posed body as the German woman. Norwegian mountaineer and expedition leader Arnie, Arnie. Nes Jr., who successfully summited Europe Europe, who successfully (laughs) summited Everest in 1985, recounted his encounter with a corpse. I can't escape the sinister guard. Approximately 100 meters above Camp Pfor, she sits leaning against her pack as if taking a short break. A woman with her eyes open and her hair waving in each gust of wind. It's the corpse of Hannah-Laura Schmatz, the wife of the leader of 1979 German expedition. She summited but died descending, yet it feels as if she follows me with her eyes as I pass. Her presence reminds me that we are here at the mercy of the mountain's conditions. 
my God. So that's the part that irritated me because he's like the wife of the leader of this yeah. 1979 German expedition. Not this badass woman who I, fucking did this. Right. I, like, I, I can't believe they just leave him up there. That's so tragic. So, and because it's so cold, she, she looked like she was alive for a long time. Oh, no. For like that's, years and years and years. I, that's she still had her hair. Like the picture we looked at, she obviously didn't have her yeah. hair. But she still had her hair blowing in the wind. Like that no. must be terrifying to walk that's past. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, how many of those bodies do you walk past when you go up? A lot. No, that's horrible. <laughs> I know Push them off the trail a little bit. <laughs> so in 1984, a Sherpa and, Nepali, and a Nepalese police officer attempted to recover her body. But tragically, both men fell to their deaths. Oh, my God. Since that ill-fated endeavor, the mountain eventually claimed Hanalora. A sudden gust of wind propelled her body, sending it tumbling over the side of Kangsheng face, where it vanished from sight, lost forever to the elements. So oh her body God. was just blown away. So it's just like laying somewhere in some... Like in a bunch of pieces. Right. Oh, my God. Like, I, I feel like I feel like the amount of money you pay should be able to recover your body. But you said, I mean, maybe maybe the rescue, the insurance is only if you're alive. Yeah, the insurance is if you're alive, if they have to rescue you if you're ill or like, get hurt. And that's like $70,000. But to take a body down, it's a, it's a lot. Well, when we were um, uh, climbing in the Alps in Germany yeah. and Austria, um, there was... Mem- little memorials on the way up. I mean, we we climbed high. I mean, it was yeah. it was intense. Like some of the hikes we did were the one we did. It was like thirteen miles, Jeez and we least. went like up and like you know seven miles up, seven miles yeah. down, and that's oh, no, fourteen that miles. Day, I don't remember. Anyway, but one day we did do over thirteen miles in a day. Yeah, and it was like. But there was like memorials everywhere. Yeah, that's weird. And I was like, why are they dying on that trail? And but I mean, it's just like somebody could have had a heart attack. In that's the middle true. Of it or yeah, something like that. Yeah. And there's like a little stone with the memorial. Oh, and there's then, a like, serial killer. And then it's a very, it's a very Catholic, you know, Germany uh-huh. and Austrian yeah. stuff. So there is like one where there's like you get halfway up and there's this beautiful waterfall and this little bridge, and there's this rock and I took pictures of it, and like a little almost like a little cave. And yeah. Somebody put like. Um, the Virgin Mary in there, and there's candles all lit, and there's like what? all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and then there's like a crucifix Wait, right there. Wait, who's lighting the candles? People just randomly like light candles in there and stuff. What the like fuck? people like bring candles with them, I guess, them and light them and stuff. That's and crazy. Because in a Catholic church, you light a you light the candle. That's what my <laughs> you light the candle. You go and you you go to the church. It used to be back in the day. There was all little yeah. like, votives. I've and seen movies. Pay a quarter. Or you have to actual, pay. It was like a dime when my grandmother, when we were little, my grandmother used to take us. You put a dime in the little in the little box, yeah, and then you light a candle and you make you say a prayer when you light the candle. And so my grandmother used to say, "I lighted a candle." That means bullshit. Like, so you pray, have to pay to pray pray for somebody. You have to pay to pray, Rose. Jesus Come on, Christ. it's a Catholic church. They collect money. It's a business. <laughs> so yeah, so that's like people had candles and stuff all lit around the Virgin Mary, but there was none lit when I was there. But there was you could see they're all burned yeah. out. But people, I guess, bring them up. But it was yeah, it was it was crazy. Until its disappearance, her corpse was situated in the death death zone where extremely low oxygen levels deprived climbers of the ability to breathe. And there she was, taking up more breath. (laughs) Well, she wasn't because she was dead. (laughs) On average, six people die climbing the world's tallest peak each year. Oh, my God. 2015 was the mountain's deadliest in recent history when an avalanche (gasps) killed 19 people. 
2023 came close to that record with at least 12 deaths and five more climbers missing and presumed dead. Oh my god. It was almost the most it was also the most crowded year on the mountain yet with a record 463 permits being issued. So they say there's more deaths now, one because there's more people going up, right. but also because there's more people going up. So Yeah, it's a, numbers, it's a little yeah. more hazardous, you know. Including Sherpas that accompany climbers, that means about 900 people tried to summit the mountain from the south side during the main 2023 season, which only lasts about eight weeks. 900 people in eight weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can see, like, in pictures, there's, like, lines of people. Oh, that people would piss me off. You know, I'd, I'd need to do that on my own. I'd be like, get out of my <laughs> way. I can't, I can't have you, you idiots around me. I'm going to go in, in December by myself. <laughs> I can't even imagine. That's just nothing about that sounds good to me, though, it's honestly. It's estimated that there are over 200 bodies on Mount Everest, many in the death zone. Despite the prevalent snow and ice, Everest maintains a predominantly dry environment in terms of relative humidity. The bodies found on the mountain are remarkably well-preserved serving as stark warnings to those contemplating risky endeavors. Mm. Among the most renowned of these bodies, in addition to Hannah Laura's, is that of George Mallory, who made an unsuccessful attempt to reach the summit in 1924. George? Climbers discovered Mallory's body in 1999, 75 years later. All right, look up George Mallory. Oh, no. Do I want to, really? This one is crazy. So 75 years his body was up there before they discovered it. What? Yeah. Where was it? He, was he off the trail? He died in 1924, and they <laughs> discovered him in 1999. What? Yeah. And look at his body, how well-preserved it is. It's insane. But, oh, my God. You see his body? Like, it's completely intact. Yeah. It shows his foot. You see his, like, his, how white his body is? That's what stood yeah, out to I me. Yeah, I mean, for... like, this picture right here, it's not letting me access this page, but this is his back, I guess? Yeah, that's his back. He's, like, laying face down. And his down. skin is, like... It's, like, intact. That's so weird. But where's his head? His head's not there. Oh, look, here's another body. That's crazy. But that's the thing. Is like, the thing is, is, like, oh, here we go. Is that, oh, no. Stress relief video. What am I? <laughs> what? Of dead bodies? That's not a stress relief video. Oh, my God. I don't want to watch a video. Come on. Just show me his body. That's Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Like, how is his body still intact? Like, his skin is still 75 there. 75 years. Well, because... It's you know, so one cold. Of the, one of the things, it's cold. Two, there's no there's no animal life up there. It's too cold. It's too... Right, yeah. Right? So you don't have, like, buzzards and shit like That's that. That's true. Because anywhere else, you'd have animals would yeah. have eaten them. I'm but sure it's weird, like, that other picture that I was looking at, there's, like, a, it's like a skull. But maybe it was on a different place. That was not... Like, yeah, I didn't see his head. It's like his head was gone. Andrew I I Ivern Ivern Isn't that crazy though? That is nuts. Yeah, I just I, people do this stuff and I'm like, good for you. I'm proud of you. But it's just not for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any desire to do that. No. 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 So fatigue is one of the most common causes of death on Mount Everest. Climbers get excessively tired from the physical strain, oxygen deprivation or the depletion of energy reserves making the descent from the summit challenging. This then leads to lack of coordination, confusion, and incoherence with mm -hmm. the potential for internal bleeding to the brain, exacerbating the situation, which is, I think, what happened to her. She she knew she shouldn't stop in the death zone because right. she obviously researched this a ton. Right. But she was her her brain was wasn't working at that point. Yeah, you don't you're not thinking straight. Right. I was just watching somebody on um 
on uh what's that shit called alone and she was like falling apart and they came together and she like was a mess yeah she was an absolute mess and i was like which one is that um woman with blonde hair i can't remember her name I think i'm so bad with blonde. names um and what was her name but she was like why did she leave what was wrong with her she started all of a sudden like she couldn't see like her vision got really blurry oh yeah then, like, i do remember she that. like d- declined like whew, like she fast. got lost in the woods no Is that she the didn't one? get lost no. no but she was just like i can't see everything's blurry oh yeah i can't stand up and so she called them and they came and got her and she couldn't even walk to the boat they had to carry her oh i do remember that and there was the one guy who thought he was having a heart attack no oh, that was scary the one guy who he started acting super weird. Like, it was one of the earlier seasons. I was like, he's acting weirder and weird. Like, he was already a weird dude. But yeah. he started acting weirder and weirder. And I was like, something's, like, not right. Like, you could tell something. Like, the way he was, like, talking to the microphone and the things he was. Almost like he was drunk. Yeah, he was yeah. just doing, like, really weird shit. And I was like, something's not right. And then they came to do, like, a health check on him and took, made him leave because of his weight or whatever. Yeah. But I was, like, I was telling Chris, I'm like, I wonder if they, like, are watching the footage as it comes in and they're like, uh, like, no, they, they notice some, like, mental decline or they something. They don't get the footage. It, they don't see it until they until they leave. No, they have to, every time they do a health check, they take it because they have to take, like, the cards or whatever. Because uh, there's okay, not that, that much, that and then okay. they go back and like edit it yeah. or whatever. I don't know that they watch it right away, but I was just telling Chris like I wonder if they do, and they notice like I'm sure they review it. They to have see. to, yeah. you know, to see if like what what's going on with them. Because some of them, you can tell that their like mental health is declining like incredibly. Yeah, well, like the the one the season I just finished, the one guy who was like a big dude, and he ended up losing like 90 pounds. Yeah, and so he had the most weight to lose. I mean, he literally started out at an advantage yeah. above everyone else. Um, but he just wasn't getting the food. Was that um, Bizu or something, yeah, something like weird? That. Yeah. And, his, and his the guy that won was the guy who caught the deer at the beginning. Yeah. and That's the one I wanted to win. Yeah, he was he, from like Lynchburg, wasn't he? Oh, was he? I think that was, maybe I don't not. Even pay attention when the stuff I know. comes on. I know but yeah, it's so you guys, just so you know, Rose and I are very into the show alone. <laughs> And one of the things I love about it, I love like little, um, I'm very interested in like in awe of like cool built things. And, oh, like, me too. Yeah. That's so my when, favorite when part. When they build their house, like their, their, their wait, structure. Wait, wait, wait. So alone, okay. for people who don't know, okay. these people get, it's 10 people get dropped off somewhere, like usually in, in Canada, somewhere really cold. Yeah, like Vancouver Island yeah. is the first place. But um, they're in 10 different places. In 10 different places. They're truly alone, and they have to survive, and whoever's like the last man standing is the survivor. And they have to... Wins $500,000. record all their own documentation. Yes. They, there's not a camera person there. So they have okay. to learn how to use the camera. So cameras. go on. So they're building... So, yeah. So the, at the end of the season that I just finished watching, they were talking about like the best structures that were built, yeah. the best this, the best catch... The the best hunting, yeah. And, like, and I'm like, I love the structures. That's like to that's me, that's my so favorite cool. thing too. That's so funny. So, and and then Rose ruins it for me. It's like, oh yeah, the people with the best structures always go home first. And I'm like, stop it. And well, this, don't, isn't that true? And then this season, the guy that had that amazing house where he literally built a a 
hinge for his door, his door out of yeah, wood. I know. He went home like two days I know. later. I'm like, dude, you I'm have telling to, you, like every you could time live in that house for ten years. <laughs> I know. Every time they like finished our house, it's like I'm like, okay, they're gonna go home soon. If it, if it's really really nice, and then they do. Well, like so his his was like at the end of his he built like a log cabin, and the logs at the end that were like uneven. Yeah. He, cut them all so they were perfectly yeah, even, totally type A. Um, and then the other guy that made it to second to last, his were like all different lengths right. on the end. He didn't <laughs> yeah. give a shit. He was like, but like why waste that extra energy yeah. to make it? But no, some I people agree. need it to look But you do way. wonder if wasting that extra energy is what ultimately yeah. sends them home, you know? Well, and then, you know, so they totally destroy it when they leave. I know. They I leave no that. signs of them I there. mean, it's good that they do that, but I also Yeah, but like, I'm oh. like... It'd be kind of cool to leave it as a structure for other people to find. And see what happens, yeah. Yeah, but or maybe, like if a bear moves in. Yeah, but maybe <laughs> they maybe they have to, like, because they strip it down to nothing. But like the one woman who dug the trench yeah. and lived in like in like, the ground. In the ground, yeah, that was crazy. She dug that with like a spoon right. for fuck's sake. It was like it's insane. It was, like, nothing. She dug it insane. with like insane. Oh my god, that was like a size of a grave. I know. Bigger than a, like it was two graves. no, it was huge. It, yeah, was, it was like three. Like gra- it was huge. Easily. I was like, yeah, that's a lot of digging. It's a lot, and and it, the ground's frozen. <laughs> well, not when they get there. It's not. Oh, that's yeah, true. But there. it's still pretty cold. So you yeah. would think. I mean, they're still bundled well, they're up. They're walking around in, like t-shirts and stuff at the beginning. Are they? Yeah, it's at the very end of oh, summer. Okay. Usually in the beginning, I don't pay that much attention. This last but... season I watched, they lasted seventy-two days. Yeah, that that's one was a crazy. Long time. We're on the season nine, and we're almost done. It's 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 a. So I hate reality TV. Like I cannot watch. Any real reality TV oh, because it. everything to me, like as soon as it sounds scripted, I'm like, I'm out. Like I can't if it seems like it's it's acting or scripted at all. I cannot watch. I can't stand it for some reason. Oh, my God. I love it. I watch it all. 90 Day <laughs> So Beyonce, that's why I like alone because it's wives. like it's obviously not scripted. Right. They're filming right. themselves. Right. And so it seems very real to me. So that's that's why I like it. So if if you two hate scripted reality TV. Alone, alone is for it's, you. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it's Some of it's upsetting to me. I have to kind of cover my eyes sometimes when they kill animals and stuff. But yeah. when he killed that, that. Did you see the squirrel thing yet? No, I no. don't want to see that. If it might I start be in to season see it, I'll nine. Stop it. So there's, I was telling Lynn, there's a, there's a scene in, it might be season nine, where um, the woman a woman kills a squirrel and... She has it like sitting out like by her camp somewhere, and the other, like another like squirrel comes up, and the squirrel's like standing next to it, screaming, and it's like then it's like talking to the other squirrel, and then it's screaming, and then it's talking. It it's like heartbreaking. I'm like, oh my god, do squirrels have like feelings? What did she? What did she do? She was just standing there, like, cause she's like a hunter, so yeah. she was she was like she's like I feel bad, but she didn't have a lot of emotion about it, not as much as I did. Where yeah, I see, was like, this is awful. When you told me about that, I'm like, I can't watch that. As soon as yeah. I see that begin to happen, I'm going to have to fast yeah, forward. Yeah, you're going to have episode. to fast forward. It's it's upsetting. And I can't watch it. And then so this episode, I get it, this season, I get halfway through and they're like, yeah, we're not allowed to squ- kill squirrels here. And I'm like, yes, I'm safe for this season. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I can't watch it. Like, that's it, so it's traumatic. It's really sad. And I never thought about squirrels like having feelings like had, that. Like, and it was and like, stuff. yeah. And he's like clearly like, like in so much pain and he's like squirrels. Like he's like, ah, ah, ah. and then he's like, looks at the, the other squirrel and he's like, ah, ah, ah. and then he's like screaming. Again. It was so sad. I was like, oh, oh no. my God. No, I can't watch that. 
Fucking squirrels. Yeah, this is why I'm I'm leaning toward being vegan because I can't do any of this stuff anymore. Well, you don't need to kill them. Yeah, you want to kill them. I don't. So I used to be a hunter, Lynn, when I was young. Were you? I used to hunt deer with my grandfather. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, no. I used to help him hang him up in the barn no, and skin him. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Well, when you eat, like we use the whole thing. I don't care. I still couldn't do it. He used the whole I thing. We, we made it into different, like, like deer jerky is so good. No, but wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I, I didn't. It didn't bother me when I was a kid. Yeah, that's what's so wrong with you. Well, you got to eat, Lynn. No, you're wrong. Okay, well, how many people on no. on alone survive on just no, I mushrooms mean, I, and berries? I, you would die. I get it. You'd I die totally right get away. it. I just don't. I would. I would die. I would die. I couldn't do it. Well, you can go foraging for the mushrooms and berries. We'll do the couples alone. Okay. You go foraging for the mushrooms and berries. I won't you, eat the mushrooms. You you kill the meat. And <laughs> I'll kill the it. meat. What was the one guy? Was like, I absolutely hate. What was it? Something he hated so much. He hated the taste of, in this season that I just watched, I absolutely hate, like it was like clams or something like that. And he was eating some kind of like little sea clams yeah. or something. And he's like, I hate clams because, but I'm just going to have to suck it up suck it yeah. up, and just chew them and oh. eat them and get over it. He's like, I'm going to gag. You're going to see me gag and, and cough and choke, but I've got to get them down because I need the Oh nutrition. my God, that's so gross. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, no, I wouldn't do that. No. That's like this season, season nine, they eat beavers. <laughs> no like, comment. I saw I saw the, the emotions go through your face. <laughs> like at first it was like, that's gross. And then you're like, oh, beavers. Beavers. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, and it's, I don't know why, but it grosses me out so much. And then There's they're so like the tail. Beaver, isn't there? Oh, the like, tail's gross. Yeah. It just grosses me out. I'm like, I could, I don't know if I could eat that. How many seasons are there? Ten. But there's only nine on Hulu. Oh, okay. The tenth is, it's on, I think it's on History Channel, right? Is where it originally Yeah, perished. History Channel is where it started. Um, but it hasn't, like, gone over to Hulu yet. Oh, okay. So anyway, so Hannah Laura's demise can be attributed to the exhaustion and perhaps confusion. While heading to base camp yeah. would have been a more logical choice, the experienced climber, for some reason, believed that taking a break was the wiser course of action. Ultimately, in the death zone above 24,000 feet, the mountain prevails if no, if one is too weak to press on. I mean, I, I get that. She's like, I just need to sit down for one minute. Yeah. And the, and the and if Sherpa you're, was like, you can't. Yeah. That's, it's not going to, you can't just sit down for one minute. You have right. to keep moving, moving. But you're just like, I've got to sit down. So yeah. what, you know, what's crazy to me, and this isn't surprising in the world we live in, but so it's like, you know, Lynn Pontillo made it, was the first woman to make it up or the first man to make it up. But Lynn Pontillo also had five Sherpas with her. Mm-hmm. But you never hear the Sherpas' names. Like, they're still badasses for getting up there. They're the only reason they got up right. there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're actually more badass than the other person. Yeah. So mean, why don't they get any of the... Maybe, but maybe when they, like, write a book or something like that, they talk about the Sherpa probably, in it. But I they should they be, don't. like, you know, Sherpa attended by, with, you know, like, guided by Sherpa Bob Smith. And, well, they they do talk about that in some of the things. Like, there are, like, names of certain Sherpas that are best. Mm-hmm. But still, in, like, the history books and stuff, yeah. talking about Mount Everest, it oh, should be, like... Because they're brown people, right? Yeah, That's I mean, why yeah, they don't right. Talk about that. And they're poor. 
They're poor brown people. They're so. brown people. If they were white people, they'd be all about it. They yeah. would have plaques and everything up and down the mountain. But they're brown people, it's, so it, nobody cares. And I'm like, they're it's the ones disgusting. that are like making it up and down the mountain multiple times. And you can't fucking say anything about them. Unbelievable. It is. It's infuriating. So they do like, I didn't write anything about the base camp, but it's like, it takes like 14 days to reach base camp, and mm-hmm. then you have to stay there for a few days, and then it takes like eight days to make it to this other point. Like, it's insane. Oh my god! Yeah, so it it, it is a lot of, um, and you have to do it gradually because of the oxygen level. What is yeah, it? Yeah, the altitude. Altitude. Yeah, um, you have to do it gradually. Like, right. you can't just go to base camp in one day. You have to yeah. gradually get up there so that you're adjusting to Your it. Your body acclimates as yeah. you go. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Um, that ended, did end up being long, but I was, and a lot of people might not be interested in Mount Everest, but for some reason I started reading about it and I was like completely, that was me itch, itching my leg. I was like, what is that? <laughs> I thought it was coming from outside. I thought there was like a mouse or something. I was getting ready to start screaming. So I don't know why, but I got super into it. Like, well, That's uh, kind of how I was with the Georgie White story. Yeah. I got super into the whole thing. It was like very, yeah. I, I love when I get into a story like that. It's really fun. I yeah. wish I did. Then I'm like, I need more. to know more about Mount Everest. Like, Because yeah. I just, you know, you think, like, I've always heard about Mount Everest. My third grade teacher read us a book about Mount Everest, which oh, is probably so what funny. kind of, she was, like, my favorite teacher. And she yeah. read us all these, like, books. Like, one about the Titanic, one about Mount Everest, one about Pompeii. Like, like stuff you wouldn't have necessarily Yeah, and so about, it's yeah. always, like, those things have, like, always, since oh, third grade, so cool. sparked my interest. So, anyway. Sorry if I got a little too into it. I apologize. That's okay. Don't I, apologize. It? I'm sorry, Lynn. You did a good job. Okay, thank you. Huh. <laughs> I know. It was a great story. I loved it. I loved it. I love those kind of stories that leave me wanting more yeah. like, information. Like, hmm, I'm going to look up some dead bodies. So my, my coworker, I was telling her about it today. I made her look up the pictures of the dead bodies. Uh-huh. And she was like, I just watched a PBS special on this of, like, Two family members who climbed up Mount Everest to retrieve a dead family member. And so they get to they get the body and they're not even climbers like they just like are determined to do this. So they they train and do whatever they make it up, get the body, take it down, realize that's not actually their family (gasps) member. But they find out who's who it is and return it to their family. So that family had closure. So it was kind of sweet. I'm like, I need to look up that. PBS special. Oh, my God. That's yeah. tragic. I know. That is tragic. Ugh. But if somebody's going to climb Mount Everest, just, like, assume they're going to die, you know? No, for real. Yeah. I mean, there's a—it's not a good chance. I mean, it's, what, 9 out of 436 people but that died? Still, but still, it's— still too much. Yeah. No. It's still a good mm. chance. <laughs> no. I'm good on the local hikes. <laughs> good yeah. on the local hikes. The local heights to the yeah. bar. Yeah, to the bar, <laughs> the bar crawl, the pub crawl. Yes, yes. So if you like that. So if you like that, <laughs> give us a follow on our Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at No Ordinary Women Pod, and on the X at No Ord O R D Women Pod. Slide into our DMs. Let us know what you thought of it. And also you can um, suggest people that you'd like us to do a story on because we love suggestions because it makes us go into a deep dive and we enjoy that. So until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.